Welcome to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Podcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area, beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous July 15th, day 221. And we're here with Tammy Lynn today. Tammy, how's it going? It's going uh, pretty good, except for it's 2021. 2021, the year 2021, the yeah, year of our Lord 2021. 221. And it is a blustery day outside. It's been raining here. We haven't had an everyday Bible study podcast because lately, because we have been laying the stone, the donated stone for this Companion Chapel Church right here on Side Road 2829 in Sogging Shores or Paisley, Ontario, Canada. Coming right up, we have Matthew chapter 26. Don't you dare miss it. All anxieties and uncertainties stop where biblical literacy starts. The Companion Chapel podcast makes the Bible easy to understand and enjoyable for you to follow along. First, please consider your part in the many-membered body of Christ. This is your church. Help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. My part is creating this Bible teaching media. Your part consists of getting involved in the church administration with your time or money contributions, managing marketing, advertising, helping with the website, whatever God-given talent you have, God expects you to use it in the many-membered body of Christ. Companion Chapel is a registered non-profit ministry. Give it up for God at companionchapel.com, Visa, MasterCard, PayPal, or e-transfer to email address companionchapel at gmail.com. The Companion Chapel community is located at number 338, side road 28-29, Paisley, Ontario, Canada. The postal code here is N0G2NO. And we're here with our little doggies Mallory and Landau Ray and as soon as they get settled down with all the flies in here because we don't have any windows well we have lots of windows now yeah there's We've lots been doing of windows lots of work around here around the companion chapel church and Tammy's going to be posting some videos of what we've been doing this was an abandoned house and now all the donated stone the windows insulation it's starting to come together but we really need your help we really need labor I am a mason probably the best there is was and never will be would you agree with that Tammy I can agree stone with some mason. of that statement. So I've been pounding the stone in, and we haven't had time to do this Bible study podcast, but we certainly need your help. Electricians, plumbers, whatever skills you have, construction materials, we still need windows and doors. We've been living here for a year, and we don't even have a door. Anyone can just walk in and walk out whenever they feel like, <laughs> including raccoons, wildlife, the doggies. They still don't have a door, and it would be really nice to have a door if anyone has an extra door. Oh, we had a kitchen donated to us. Isn't that just the greatest thing, yeah, Tammy? That's Somebody amazing. donated a whole kitchen set to us, which is the cabinets and the sink, and that's exactly what we needed. We could really use a fridge and stove, some running water and electricity would just be the greatest thing also. But what an exciting time, and we have some great news too. The Companion Chapel Bible Study will be probably once or twice a week in Paisley, Ontario, Canada at the old Thompson Furniture Store with my new friend George there. We're going to be running a church service out of there. Don't you dare miss it. Stay tuned. Stay in touch. Come check it out. It's on Queen Street. That's the main street of Paisley, Ontario, Canada, right across the street from the Legion. And it's the old furniture store, Thompson Furniture Store. Let's get into Matthew chapter 26 and verse 1. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, and he's privately talking to his disciples, you know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. 1 Corinthians 5 7, Christ became our Passover. He's about to fulfill prophecy as it's written. Now, we're not going to go over the days of the Passover right now. 
because that's a lesson in itself. So just let that pass. We know the time. It's the Passover. And you notice the word Easter is not in here. And the word Easter is not in any manuscript known to mankind. It made its way once into the King James Bible in the book of Acts. And it's by mistake because it's always the word Pasha, Pascha. means Passover 79 times. And it is a solemn celebration. It's a time to think about things and to understand what Jesus Christ did for us. He became our Passover. Okay, so get Easter out of your mind. That's a, a pagan fertility celebration that just happened to be at the same time as Passover. And somehow it worked its way into the churches. Just abomination to our Lord Jesus Christ and an embarrassment to mankind. Verse 3, Then assembled together the chief priests and scribes of the elders of the people unto the place. It says palace, but that just means hall, or his place where he, he was, of the high priest, who is called Cephas. Now check this guy's name out when it's translated. Depression. Nice name. And consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. Now, where did we read about this before? Subtlety. Who is the most subtle? Genesis chapter 3. Satan is the most subtle. He instigates all the subtlety in the world. The devious, the slyness, the shrewdness, the cunningness, the greed, the gluttony. I'm going to go to our Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent, that's Satan himself. Revelation 20, the dragon, old serpent, devil, Satan. It's all the same entity. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And what this means is that he knew evil and was not ashamed to question the truth of God's word as it's written what he did in Genesis chapter 3. And that's what these people are doing. This is the lead clergy here. And they're trying to kill the truth. And churches do that all the time today. They kill the truth by using the Bible as a book of quotes. This is a lead clergy of the time, and they're trying to kill the truth. The truth is our Lord Jesus Christ. The truth is the living word as it's written. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Emmanuel, God with us. He became our teacher, our rabbi, our master, our wonderful counselor. They're trying to kill this. The truth is the great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And they're trying to destroy it. They're trying to kill him. And notice the word kill here. That's premeditated murder. But they said, not on the feast day, for fear there be an uproar among the people. Think about that. He became our Passover. They're being subtle. They're trying, like, subtle is a different word than what you might think in the English. Subtle means sly and cunning. They're planning this out. It's premeditated. Do you want to read some more, Tammy? Verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. Now check this out, okay? Jesus was in Bethany. Now let's just translate it for you. That means house of dates, and it also means house of misery. And here came this lady... And she had very precious ointment poured it on his head. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. All of them, not just Judas. This is the second anointing. There's another anointing in the book of John. But saying, to what purpose is this waste? For this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. They were all murmuring. 
thinking about money and the things money can buy. What purpose is this waste? It had a great purpose. When Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For you may always have the for for you have the poor always with you, but with me not always. Now this verse twelve, for in that she had poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Let's stop right there. This what she did was ceremonial to acknowledge she knew what Jesus Christ was going to do because it's written. The prophecy was written in Psalms twenty two, Isaiah fifty three, all through the Bible. It's written right to the very first prophecy, Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Ceremonial, to acknowledge the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension, what Jesus Christ was going to do. The greatest gift to the poor of all is salvation through Christ is now available. Eternal life. Verse 12, that she may pour this ointment from my body. She did it for my burial. This is to say, our Lord Jesus Christ, not burial. Let's, let's get this right. This means interment, his committal. He's setting up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. That's where he's going. He's not sitting there in a hole in the ground. The word burial is very misleading when it comes to the English here in the translation. Jesus Christ set up a place that's where he went. Truly I say unto you, verse 13, whosoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial to her. It's an eternal memorial. He's going to his place of interment. That's why we will always remember this anointing, what she did, a ceremonial anointing to acknowledge the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension. Our Lord Jesus Christ did that for us. He manifests a little lower than the angels for us. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. He was sinless. He did, not, he did not sin. He was blameless. He got up on that cross at the appointed time to fulfill prophecy. He would not compromise with evil. He would not, he, he would not compromise with evil. He would not make concessions with evil. And he set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, the kingdom of God, for us, for whomsoever will, that will not accommodate evil. It is valid and legit. That ceremonial anointing is what we always think about. It was so important. He's anointed one, our Lord Jesus Christ. And to say anointed one is to say Jesus Christ or Yeshua Messiah, the anointed one. Salvation of Yahweh, the salvation of Yah, Yeshua Messiah. Go ahead, Tammy, we're on verse 14. Then one of the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him to you? And they counted out to him thirty pieces of silver. Now, thirty pieces of silver, back in uh, Exodus chapter 21, that is the price of a hurt slave. Jesus Christ is our servant. Now we serve him and we serve everybody on the planet. We serve his perfect precious word to the whole world because we want everybody to come to repentance. 30 pieces of silver, the price of a hurt slave. You know, Judas was the money man. He was the banker. And now he got his, he's all in a huff here. Well, this, I'm not, I don't like the way this is going. So he's taking, he's, I'm going to go get some money here. And money is the root of all evil. Look what it does to people. Look what it did to Judas. And he was right there. 
And from that time on, he sought to opportunity to betray him. Judas did. Judas was conniving against the Lord. He's trying to be subtle like Satan. It gets into people. You have to watch yourself. You have to cleanse yourself daily. You have to repent daily and humble yourself in all humility. Submit to the Lord Jesus Christ with unquestioning obedience. And just watch what money does to people. And watch how Satan uses people. Um, uses their emotions. Okay, now on the first day of the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Where wilt thou be we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? And he said, Go into the city such a man, and say unto him, The Master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them. Yeah, they obeyed. And they made ready the Passover. Now this wasn't the Passover. Um, now we're not going to talk about this too much because... Jesus Christ was the sacrificial lamb. He was uh, slaughtered the day before the Passover, and he he was he became our Passover. Now I hope I got that right. I think he's okay. Now let's let's go on to um, verse twenty. Now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. This isn't the Passover dinner. This is before Passover, and they did eat. And he said, Verily I say unto you, that one of you shall betray me. Betrayed by a friend. This is all fulfilling prophecy. Psalms 41. Betrayed by a friend. And they were exceedingly sorrowful. And began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? And he answered and said, He that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. Whoever sitting with me, eating with me. Jesus Christ feeds us with the bread of life. He quenches our thirst with the living waters. We're always, he feeds us through this planet Earth, this self-sustaining planet of life. We're always being fed by his mercies and blessings. That is grace, unmerited favor. We all get something to eat. And he's saying, somebody here is going to betray me. Even though, what is this, what we say when we say, we feed you with the bread of life and I quench your thirst with the living water. So we don't hunger or thirst after the ways and things of the world ever again. There's no envies or jealousies or, or possessiveness or wantings or greed and gluttony, which infiltrated Judas. But none of those things infiltrated our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, he knows your thoughts and intents in real time. And there's nothing hid that shall not be revealed, as the Bible tells us. Okay, Tammy, go ahead. He answered and said, Oh, sorry. 25. The son, 24. The Son of Man indeed goes just as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? He said to him, you have said it. That's his guilty conscience. Jesus Christ said, as it's written in verse 24, that's Psalms 22 coming to pass, as it's written a thousand years before. Jesus Christ came to fulfill prophecy, and he did it to the letter. This is uh, Judas's guilty conscience. God knows your thoughts and intents in real time. There's nothing yet that shall not be revealed, as it's written. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and break it and gave to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. He feeds us with the bread of life. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink you all of it. For this is the blood of the New Testament, I should say new covenant, which is shed for many of the remissions of sins. No covenant could be made without shedding of blood. 
Exodus chapter 24, Hebrews chapter 9, and no remission of sins without it. We acknowledge what Jesus Christ did on the cross when his blood was shed, when he left his flesh body, he set up a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that will not accommodate sin. It will not accommodate evil or all the ways and things of the world. And that's what the new covenant is. It's not, people think, oh, well, the Old Testament doesn't apply anymore. He fulfilled prophecy. The new covenant just means he came and fulfilled what was written in Jeremiah chapter 31 and in other places throughout the Bible. He came to fulfill it. It's always covenant. Remember, remember when he said back in the book of Matthew, I came not to change one jit or jot of the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill. He fulfilled the blood ordinances. That means his blood was shed for one in all times. To whomsoever will that will acknowledge it and repent and understand and glory the cross, what he did up there, the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension. We barely can comprehend that he could love us so much, a bunch of insolent sinners. Only he did not sin, and we have to acknowledge that, and that's why we have repentance through him now. We can't just take some animal and shed blood and think that's going to mean anything. This was the sacred blood, and that's what's being talked about to you here. New Testament, that doesn't mean there's something old. It just means it's covenant. The covenant became fulfilled. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. That's repentance for the remittance of sins is the only way that will get you in to heaven and then you can be with our lord jesus christ in the millennium temple and in the eternal temple i pray everybody gets there let's go on to the next verse verse 30 tammy and when they had sung a hymn they went out to the mount of olives now remember this this word hymn is psalms and if you're ever in church and you have a hymn book why don't you just ask your pastor, we have 150 psalms that we could sing here. Like, why do we have to sing these songs that are just written by man? And let's just understand this. This is the great Alleluia. This is Psalms 115, 116, 117, 118. Emmanuel, God with us, paid the price, praise for deliverance, sufferings, then glory, to beat the devil, to beat the all demons, devils, evil spirits, all powers and principalities of the ways and things of the world that are destroying the people and destroying the planet. Then Jesus saith unto them, all ye shall be offended because of me this night, for it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. Written in Zechariah 13, verse 7. Just fulfilling prophecy again. But after I am risen again, I will go before you in Galilee. Now Galilee means the circuit. So I'm going to show my flesh face again. I just have to go somewhere. And if you want to know where he went for those three days... It's written in the book of Peter. He went to the prisons that people put themselves in. Salvation wasn't available yet. But he went there and gave everyone a salvation opportunity to all the people that passed on before Jesus Christ went up on the cross and did that for us at the appointed time, as it's written. 33, Tammy. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Like Peter's zealous, and Satan uses Peter's love here. Like Satan's trying to play on any emotion that you have. So you have to be very careful. If it's outside of God's word, 
then be very careful because that means it's a tradition of men. Peter is trying to get in the way of prophecy. Okay, go ahead, Tim. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. 35. Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray yonder. Now Gethsemane means oil press. Okay, all these words mean something for the deeper student. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee and began to uh, be sorrowful and very heavy. So he took James, John, and Peter. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And what's going on? What's he mean unto death? As many get blotted out because of Satan's death state. Many people will refuse to repent. Many people just can't get over themselves. The self-absorbed attitudes of greed, gluttony, and entitlement that are just perpetuating through the earth today like wildfire. Like people just think they know better in their little tiny lives, which is mentioned is just a vapor of time when you consider the affairs of time, infinity back to infinity forward, space and time. Man is bound by the perimeters of being human. We can't even comprehend those things. But somehow people get it in their minds through self-pride that they know everything. And Jesus is saying, I'm sorry that some people have to get blotted out. And he went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. It's, it's the cup of wrath. It's what we're going through now. Jesus Christ is saying, can we just get rid of evil right now? To all these souls that haven't been born yet, gone through the matrix, born once innocent of woman, do we have to go through all this pain and suffering? But it's sufferings before the glory. It's the only way to have free will humanity. It's the only way to have free will angels, the hosts of heaven, that's us, is to get rid of all this evil, is for us to experience for ourselves and decide. Are we going to perpetuate? Are we going to give it power or not? Are we going to choose salvation, our Lord Jesus Christ? Jesus Christ isn't trying to bail here. He, Jesus Christ is God, as it's written. If you have seen the Son, you have seen the Father, as it's written. So now if we pray to the Son, we pray to the Father. He came down to fulfill prophecy. As it's written, He's the righteous right arm of Yahweh. That's God's sacred name, Jehovah, Yahweh. He calls his son Yeshua, Messiah. That means salvation of Yahweh. That's the salvation ministry. Do you think he was trying to bail on this? That's just blasphemy. Just brutal blasphemy. He wanted the cup to pass from us. He didn't want to see us suffer because Satan is the prince of the air. And are we going to perpetuate it and give it power? Satan is the treasure of the world and people just worship money pay homage to money and themselves and their own time and their things and their greed and gluttonies and egotisms and Jesus Christ saying is there any other way no there is no other way everyone has to experience it at a personal level God only chastises those that he loves and when you've just had enough of the disappointment failure and you feel your soul as if as if it's in a state of mortification 
God's arms are always stretched out. He will never leave you or forsake you. Verse 40, And he cometh unto his disciples and findeth them asleep, and said unto Peter, What, could you not watch with me one hour? Now here's a lesson here. Peter was on watch. His sleep's a no-no. Lesson, in the hour of temptation, which is right now, and observing end-time prophecy, don't be spiritually asleep. Follow the subject that started way back in verse 20 or 22 or 24. Follow the subject. Don't be sleeping. Don't be lazy. Don't be sitting there on social media or doing whatever you think is more important than eternal life and finding yourself in a place of peace beyond our present comprehension because there's another hell coming up. There's a millennium period. And a lot of people don't make it. And a lot of people get to hang with Christ for a thousand years before the great eternal temple comes down, the new Jerusalem, as it's written. So can't you watch? That's the lesson here. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Don't listen to your flesh. The flesh is just such a wanting thing. The flesh is always bothering you. It always wants something. Like the flesh will get you into prisons of drugs, alcohol, whining, being sniveling complainer, wanting more, possessiveness, getting into the uh, alcohol, getting into, this, into the prisons of sensual lust. And, and allow it, the flesh will allow hate and vengeance to just consume you and bitterness and suspicion. We have to be very careful of those things. You can't have partiality. You can't play one-upmanship or injustice or unfairness. Because those things Jesus Christ will not allow into heaven. They were not on the cross. They did not penetrate him. And he will not accommodate those things in the kingdom of heaven. So be very careful. The flesh will always try and draw you away into its wantings. And you have to be disciplined. When it says the meek shall inherit the earth, it means self-disciplined. Afflict yourself through self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of all the vain curiosities of the world and all the selfishness and self-absorbed ways the flesh will drag you. Okay, The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. So stay spiritually strong. 242, Tammy. Again, a second time, he went away and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. And Jesus, and, yeah, go ahead. And he came and found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy. Now, we go to one of the great glossary chapters of the Bible, and we're talking about this cup. It's the same cup that we're talking about. It's in the hand of uh, the woman arrayed in purple. It's the mother of harlots, the abominations of the earth. It's a golden cup, and in her hand is full of abominations and filthiness and her fornications all the ways and things of the world. It's actually in God's hand. God is in control. Jeremiah chapter 51, 7. God lets us know he's in control. He allows Satan to do this because we perpetuate it. We give it energy. We give it life. All these abominations and filthiness of the fornications of the things of the world. Fornications. It's not being faithful to God. 
abominations is all the things outside God's word that just lead to death. There are many ways that seem right unto mankind, but they lead to death, disappointment, failure. And Tammy pointed out today in her studies that Psalms chapter 75 verse 8 also speaks of this cup. And it's the cup of wrath. And it won't hurt you. We won't be tempted by it because Jesus Christ is our Passover as we're finding out here. We pass over the ways and things of the world. It's a big press. It's an ambush. We're not tempted by it. That's why, we, that's why the prayer Jesus Christ told us to pray, keep us from temptation. We're not tempted by the te things and ways of the world. We realize it's vanity of vanities and vexation of spirit. You can't buy happiness. You can't buy virtue. You can't buy salvation. You can't buy love. And Jesus Christ is love personified. And this cup may not pass away from me, except I will drink it. He absorbed it. He went up on there and he was exposed to every sin, every temptation, and none of them penetrated him. He absorbed it for us. And he will not accommodate those things. He did not give them power. He did not make concessions with them or negotiate with them. He will not accommodate those things in his kingdom. That made his kingdom valid and legit. And it's for whomsoever will. Thy will be done, Father. Thy will be done. We don't question God's ways. He knows better. If the cup of wrath was not poured on us, then when would evil ever stop? It has to wear itself out. It's like hatred will eat itself up from inside and kill itself. And look at what we're doing to planet Earth through greed, gluttony, and hatred. Through people getting rich off oppression and off other people's indignities to their human rights. And look what we're doing to Mother Earth. We're destroying this beautiful planet. God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. He loves His people, His children, and His planet. And we're destroying it. And God has to say, if you guys want to act like this, you're going to destroy yourselves. You're not coming into the kingdom of heaven. And that's the way it is. Because we have things to do. We have an eternity to get on with. And we have this planet is going to be rejuvenated again, as it's written. Verse 43. And he came and found them asleep again, and their eyes were heavy. And he left them and went away and prayed the third time, saying the same words. The cup will be poured, and that's all there is to it. All the evil in the world comes from the human heart. It's instigated by Satan himself. But look what it's done to people. Mankind has never been able to govern themselves. Ever. Without oppression, censorship, police states, murders, infringements on people's human rights, and infringements on Mother Nature's rights. Every single governmental system mankind has ever come up with has been a disaster. It's ended in failure. Only God will come back and govern us, but we have to pay homage to Him and we have to accept that. We don't know nothing when it comes to uh, compared to God. God knows best. So when things are going wrong in your life, don't sit there and blame God. He knows. He's trying to get your attention. It's time for you to take inventory of yourself. Don't be swimming around in this cup of wrath thinking, I deserve more stuff. I don't know why this happened to me. Oh, You can only trust the Lord Jesus Christ. He is your only principled standard. Mankind is bound by the perimeters of being human. They always change their mind. Every human being, including myself, has changed their mind. It's unprincipled. It means unprincipled beliefs. We just make it up as we go along outside of God's word. 
and it never works out. In fact, it's leading to the destruction of humanity and destruction of this jewel of the universe, planet Earth itself. Let's go to verse 45, Tim. You mean 44? I mean 45. Okay. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Okay, so that translation is even worse than my translation. Let's just go back and do some manuscripts here. When Jesus Christ in 45 says, Sleep now and take your rest, he's saying, Sleep afterward, not now. Don't take your rest now. Behold, the hour is at hand. The Son of Man is betrayed unto the hands of sinners. It's the same hour as the temptation right now. We're, it's all of us. It's around us all day long. 24 hours a day, we're getting ambushed by temptation. Don't expose yourself to it. It won't become tempting to you when you realize you only need the basic necessities of life. Like we went yesterday, okay, so we got a kitchen donated to us. And it was like, what is wrong with this kitchen? It's beautiful. Oh, no, we need quartz granite tops and we need new tiles and we need no this this just won't do that's just gluttony that's just greed that's just thinking you deserve so much better god will give you what you need and they're just going to want more it's never going to be good enough complaining and complaining about this beautiful house it's too bad we pray for those people thank you for the kitchen but please turn your life over to the lord that kitchen would have been fine there and you know what do we have here for a kitchen a sheet of plywood and an old coleman stove and yeah. I thank God for it every day. We've been eating every day from that since last September. And thank you, Lord. Thank you for providing the basic necessities of life. And we pray for your love to come into our heart. And we rebuke Satan, all demons, devils, evil spirits by the power you so graciously bestowed upon us. And we surrender our entire beings to you, every thought, intent, and action. Please purge the things that are offensive to you in your kingdom. And we pray for your love to come into our hearts and to all others. We pray for everybody comes to repentance. Don't be sleeping. Sleep afterwards. There's going to be lots of time later. Be alert right now. This is a critical time, this little blip of time in life, because not all souls are going to make it. And you don't want to be tortured for a thousand years. And you torture yourself. The rod of iron is something you beat yourself up with because you think you know better. People say to me, I have my religion, you have yours. That's your translation. Well, I'm teaching from a fixed language, the Hebrew manuscripts and the Greek manuscripts. Two fixed languages going into the English it's just a disaster, but we straighten it up for you at, here at the Companion Chapel, and we identify the threads that run through the Bible. That's God's trademark stamp of validity. Those threads that run through the Bible are the structural fabric of the key of David itself, which God has so graciously bestowed upon me, and I share it with everybody through the Companion Chapel with my best friend, Tammy Lynn. Hey, Tam? Yeah? Me and you teaching the Bible, and soon we're going to have video Bible right downtown Paisley, in the old furniture store. It's going to be the greatest thing. I'm so excited. Then Jesus Christ in verse 46 says, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. Christ knows thoughts and intents. Think he didn't know this was happening. He knew that this was going on. And while he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with them a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. What a ragtag mob scene. You know what stave is? It's, it's a piece of board with a nail in it. 
This isn't the Roman army. This isn't a disciplined army. This is a ragtag mob scene that the chief elders and the priests paid off. Come on, let's go get this guy. Let's go get him. He's the truth. We don't like the truth. We need more money in our plates. We want to teach how we want to teach. We want to use the Bible as a book of quotes and look like we're all that in a bag of chips. And that's the same as the churches today that do not teach the Bible. Now he that was betrayed, now he that betrayed him, gave them a sign saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, the same as he, hold him fast. Way to go, Judas. You know, it hurts when someone you trust betrays you. It hurts. Like that's a terrible feeling. But always remember you can only trust one person, our Lord Jesus Christ. You, you can, you, of course, you know, you trust people around you to a point, but never put expectations on people. Always consider human frailty. Just be thankful for what they're doing and always be careful. Like don't put all your trust in a person. Don't put expectations on people. Just be thankful for what they do that's good. And if they're doing too much bad, tell them to drift, man. You know, just beat it. And here's uh, good old Judas. And forwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And remember in the last bunch of verses, it said, It'd be better if you weren't even born. But that 30 pieces of silver was just burning a hole in Judas's pocket. He was going to go to Walmart or to Michael's and buy some stupid crap you don't need. Or wherever. Where do you think he was going to go shop? I think he's going to buy some stupid clay cup and drink. Look at my new, look at my new coffee cup. It's a candle. What? <laughs> what? What are you looking at me for? Maybe he went to the Cadillac dealership and thought he could get a new Cadillac. <laughs> I'm what? sorry I bought the mug. Like, I'm not geez. talking about you. I'm not talking about you, Tammy. You, you, you buy neat stuff and it's cool. I like, like, I made, I, I, I do clay. When I was in grade four, I made my mom an ashtray, and I think she still got it. She never smoked, though, but, you know, it's all good. It's all good. But what do you think Judas was thinking? I got 30 pieces of silver. That was a lot of money. So, and Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which was with Jesus stretched out his hand. It was Peter, we know from the other Gospels. Drew out his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. Jesus put it back on, as we know from uh, the other Gospels. But let me tell you something. If someone pulls out a sword and they have the accuracy to cut someone's ear off without slicing down their face, that's a good swordsman. And that was Peter. These guys were ready out there. But watch this. It's not by the sword. Jesus is going to teach us. It's not by military might that wins this war. It's not by economic power. You can't buy your way into salvation. You can't force your way into peace like the American government thinks. Oh, there's a problem somewhere in the world? Look, we got this big military here. We're just going to bombard them. We're just going to invade their country. We're just going to occupy their country. We're going to set up our military might there. And you guys are going to think like us. Yeah, we know better. Look under our money. In God we trust. Yeah, sure. And Satan you trust because you don't follow God's word at all. So just watch it, not by military might, not by economic power, but by what the Spirit saith. It's love. It's the strongest emotion on earth. It's the strongest power on earth. And Jesus Christ possesses it. And you want it in your heart because it will defeat evil. So Jesus said, put up again thy sword in its place. 
for all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Yeah, you think war is going to get you something? Look what war's done in the history of mankind. It's just been absolutely barbaric and brutal. And right now, planet Earth, almost every country is armed to the teeth, just ready. Ready to kill other human beings, destroy the land, and then stick a flag in the middle of it and go, yeah, we won. How did America do in Afghanistan? They're just pulling out right now. We're dating this podcast. But what did they, what did they accomplish in 20 years of bombing the hell out of that place? What did they get? The Taliban's just sitting there waiting for them to leave. It's just a joke. It's just absolutely brutal, satanic acts. If you want to play by the sword, if you think you're a tough guy, you're going to die by the sword. And you can go to hell and you can keep fighting with the sword there. Now watch what Jesus Christ said. One of the greatest verses I have it highlighted in my Bible. Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels. There's 72,000 angels hanging out with the Lord Jesus Christ. Right then and there. We can't comprehend it in our limited minds. And people say, well, I can't see it. I can't see it. Well, you know what? A bat can hear better than you can hear. A dog can hear better than you, you can hear. Fish can see into different dimensions that we can't see, different spectrums of colors. So just because you look up into the sky and can't see angels, it's because we are limited. We are restricted in these flesh bodies, in our little human minds. We can pray for wisdom, understanding, counsel, knowledge, strength, the Holy Spirit to dwell within us, and God will unlock the scriptures to you so you can understand what is going on around us. There's a whole spiritual world that is much larger than what we could even comprehend right now. We are so severely restricted in these flesh bodies because this is what God wanted us to go through. He says, the only way to rid you little urchins of evil is to experience yourself, experience it yourself and decide. I'm going to give you free will. If in your free will you're going to carry evil, guile, malice, possessiveness, then no, you can't come play with us in the kingdom of heaven. In fact, if you carry it on long enough, you're going to exhaust yourself out and just blot yourself out at great white throne judgment because we have an eternity to live. And we've had it coddling along the ways and things of the world. So, yeah, 12 legions of angels, they're right there. Our angels there, your angels right there, Tammy. You, you ask your angel to face the Lord to get his attention when you pray. You never pray to the angels, but they're right there. 72,000 angels could have plucked Jesus Christ out of there, and Jesus Christ could have easily Jackie chanted off that cross and just drop-kicked everybody. But it was, he had to fulfill prophecy, the sufferings before the glory. And he says, And how shall then the Scriptures be fulfilled that this it must be so it's God's plan Isaiah 53 verse 7 and on as it's written it happens God's word is unassailable it is was and always will be and that's all there is to it and going back to verse 51 when Jesus Christ said uh, friend wherefore art thou come to Judas Read about that in Psalms 41, verse 9. When somebody disappoints you, always consider human frailty. People, money will do weird things to people. Self-pride will do weird things to people. People think they have pretty privilege. We know some people think they have pretty privilege. Isn't it just horrible? Mm -hmm. They think they're better because Hollywood has instilled this vision of what is valuable 
and what is not valuable, which is just based on satanic lies. Who is pretty and who's not pretty? We are all part of the human family. You never look at somebody because of their gender, their wallet, the color of their skin, or their status in society. We're all part of the human family. We're all struggling. We pray for each other equally. Your pretty privilege means less than nothing. Get over yourself. Who do you think you are? God made you pretty like that? Well, then don't go around thinking you have privilege because you don't. It actually, everyone that I've met that thinks they have pretty privilege has been the most insecure, lonely. It's so sad. They end up lonely, complaining, thinking they deserve better, always thinking they want more, thinking they, oh, I'm too pretty to be walking down the street. I should be in that Cadillac limousine thing. You know, I'm so pretty. Well, that's wantings, and that's a sad thing. Okay, so at the same hour, Jesus said Jesus to the multitude, Are you come against me as a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and you did not touch me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. Jesus Christ came to fulfill prophecy. Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. They booked it, man. They split. Uh, Zechariah 13, 7. Scripture being fulfilled, written as it was to the letter. Now we got quite a few verses here to go. Let's get through this, Tammy. And when they had laid hold of Jesus, they led him away to Cephas, the high priest, and the scribes and the elders were assembled. Was this a legal assembly? They were ready. This was all premeditated. An example of, of what's going on. Look at this community. Liars looking for an excuse to murder like they do today. Like the world today. Like, like the churches do today. Using the Bible as a book of quotes. No, we're not going to teach the Bible. That offends some people. We're going to skip over huge sections of the Bible. I had a Christian person say to me the other day, Oh, Michael, you don't believe in the devil, do you? Well, let's see. Okay, to, to appease you, I'm going to rip out Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2. I'm just going to rip out three quarters of the Bible that we're, our Father is teaching us about the adversary. Just to appease Yeah, I'm not going to teach about the devil. I was told that in a Bible study. No, we don't, we don't talk about the devil here, Michael. I'm like, dude, it's more than three quarters of the Bible. If your Father loves you, He's going to tell you what's dangerous out there. And so here's these uh, wolves in sheep's clothing, the same as the clergy today on almost every church. It's the saddest thing. Anyways, they're here and they're assembled and they're going to try and kill the Lord Jesus Christ. They didn't have legal authority to kill him. They had to make something up and take it to the occupying army to kill our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, but Jesus Christ laid down his life at the appointed time and that's all there is to it as it's written in the book of John. Peter followed him afar off into the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death. Now, you know what? Seeking false witness happens constantly today. I'm just going to use the example of the law courts. How many of you, including myself, and I admit it, have been charged and gone to jail? That's a life I used to live. I've repented. And you're sitting there in court. You say, wait a minute. All these charges that you're reading are lies. Seeking false witness against people. And in the, in the book of Luke, it talks about you, policeman, you soldier. They say to Jesus Christ, uh, what, how, sh what, how should we carry on? This is for you, cop, crown attorney, judge, correction officer, anyone in authority, army guy, do violence to no man, 
neither accuse any falsely and be content with your wages. Right out of the Bible. That's what it says. If you're a cop, stop caking on the charges. Stop lying. Treat people with dignity. Consider human frailty. The police are out of control on planet Earth today. Just like these guys who have killed Christ. You know, all the slander against me in the, in, the, in the alleged law courts with the Bible sitting right there. It's just beyond all reasonables. I pray for all you people come to repentance. I'm, I've forgiven everybody, that's for sure. Bearing false witness is what Satan did against Father, and it gave him a death sentence. So, Copper, when you're writing charges against people, get control of yourself, you egomaniac. Okay, you're not all that. You got a job to do, and just do it properly. But, the, but these people found none. Yeah, so they had to make them up. Verse 60. Though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. They can't even come up with a story. No guile, no malice, no corruption was found in the Lord Jesus Christ. They couldn't come up with it. And at last came two false witnesses. And they said, this fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple of God and to build it in three days. Lie. This was false. They're trying to quote what is written in John chapter 2. And Jesus Christ said, Destroy ye the temple, and I will build it in three days. So they lied, and that's what Satan does. He twists the word, and that's what people do today. They get a hold of a few Bible verses, and they tweak God's word to suit their lifestyle instead of tweaking their lifestyle to suit God's word. 62. And the high priest rose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it with these witnesses against thee? And Jesus held his peace, fulfilling prophecy, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 7. Read it, it's awesome. And the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tell us whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. And notice he said the living God, he didn't say Yahweh. They're not even, they're not even, these guys aren't even using the sacred name. And Jesus said unto him, Now is said, Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall you see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Dan chapter 7, it's book, book of Revelation, the book of Thessalonians. Every knee shall bow, you will meet your maker, and some people will be wailing and gnashing of teeth, and some of us will be going, It's about time. Right, Tim? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's <laughs> like, about like, time. Holy. We've been waiting. Thank you, Jesus Christ. 65. Then the high priest rent his clothes. Oh, he had a little temper tantrum. He ripped his T-shirt. He has spoken blasphemy. What further need we have any witness? Behold, you have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty by death. They're killing the truth. The truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell. And we all sin. And we all hurt our Lord Jesus Christ every day. He got nailed to that cross for our sins. And when we sin, we're pounding those nails in further and further. Say sorry and repent from the heart. And try your best not to do it again. Everybody sins. Only our Lord Jesus Christ doesn't sin. These people try and kill the truth. It's like going to church today. You never learn the Bible. There's rarely a church around that teaches the Bible. They'll teach a few verses here, a few verses there. Using the Bible as a book of quotes. And then these great sermons based on human merit, human experience, human endeavor, human entitlement. Just blasphemy. It's so sad. Church, 
preacher guy. You have the whole congregation hanging off every word. Teach the Bible. Feed the sheep as we do here at the Companion Chapel. Come on out. Get involved. They, they called him guilty. 67. Then they spit in his face and buffeted him and smote him with the palms of their hands. They mopped the floor with him physically. It's just horrible. It just brings tears to my eyes what they did to him. He's innocent. And you ever seen the face of a mocker? Me and Tammy were talking about this the other day. I get mocked quite a bit when I'm Bible, when I'm teaching the Bible out on the street. And you see the shine on their face. You're wrong, Michael. Somebody taught you wrong. The power of the mocker always lies within accusation, never fact. That little shine on their face, our Lord Jesus Christ will outshine that and wipe it right off their face. And we pray for those people. Like they seem to find happiness. And you're wrong, pointing fingers with disdain. Trying to say, not saying, oh, can you document that somewhere? I document everything I say because I only teach the Bible. But they can't document it. And if they wanted to humble themselves, we could sit together and we could document it together. But here's these people. Yeah, Jesus Christ is getting it. And this is sad. And the saying unto, unto us, Thou Christ, who is that that smote thee? Like no one was ever mocked more than Jesus Christ. He took the stripes for us. He took it for us. And he got nailed to the cross. Isaiah chapter 52, verse 14 on to Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4 to 10. I'm telling you. He humbled himself in all humility. This is Satan giving it to him. This is the cup of wrath. He could have got out of it, but he would not compromise with evil. He fulfilled prophecy. He will not negotiate with evil. He did not get angry. The trademarks of evil, anger, aggression, arrogance. None of those things were found in our Lord Jesus Christ. Just the purest love possible that we can barely comprehend. Now Peter sat without in the palace, in the palace, and a damsel came to him saying, little busybody, eh, that was also with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them saying, I know not what thou sayest. Like, get lost. 71. And when he went gone, oh, he denied our Lord Jesus Christ once. And, you know, God is using Peter to show us of human frailty. Like, uh, God, Jesus Christ called him Bar Jonah, son of the dove, son of the Holy Spirit. You know, Peter will establish a church, but Peter means Petra. That's movable rock. Jesus Christ is unmovable. It's showing, like, even Christ's right-hand man here is movable. Don't hold your own. Our Lord Jesus Christ is our rock. He's our stability. So there's Peter bailed once, denied him once. And... When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, another busybody, said unto them, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth, just pointing fingers, not coming up to him privately and saying, Hey man, were you hanging with this guy? Because he's really getting it in there. No, let's cause some stuff here. Let's cause a commotion. Let's cause some chaos here. And he denied him with an oath, Ouchie, ouchie, ouchie. I do not know the man. Consider human frailty. Okay, Peter was a great guy. He wrote a lot of the New Testament. He hung out with Christ. God's using him for an example. You're going to be tested. Do not deny the Lord. Hold your own. And just to fit in or get yourself out of trouble, as it's written, don't try to save your life. Well, how's that go again? I'm going to skip that.
or, or in the face of death. You know, hold your own. Never deny the Lord. Always hold firm. Be strong in your convictions. And and while came unto him, they stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also was one of them, for thy speech bewaileth thee. You sound just like him. Your accent, your your dialect. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. Took an oath. He swore. He got angry. The trademarks of evil. Satan was just pounding Peter too. And immediately the crock what do you call it then? The rooster crowed. The rooster crowed. 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 That's prophecy. And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. It's almost unbelievable, but it's unbelievable sorrow. But God still used Peter to establish a church. Peter repented. This is all about considering human frailty. Isn't that just the greatest thing? That was a pretty long chapter, Tammy. We haven't done a podcast for weeks, and I just poked you with my pen. I'm sorry. But uh, if you want my autograph, you're on your body. I don't want your it's autograph. Gonna don't be poking It's going to cost you again. 10 bucks. And <laughs> Do you want an um, 8 by 10 No. Uh, headshot, Tam? I can I'll autograph give that you too. A That's twenty bucks. I'll give you Come a on down shot. to Paisley, Ontario, Canada, and get involved in our new Bible study in the old Thompson's Furniture Store. Meet George. He's a character, if there ever was one. This is the Companion Chapel. My name is Mike. This is Timmy Lynn with the hyphen out here trying to build a church. We need your help. Build a church. Help glorify, magnify God's saving word. Go to companionchapel.com and help us out here. This podcast is only possible through your donations. Thank you very much for the stone, for the shingles, for the kitchen. Thank you so much. We were out here living with no electricity, no running water. I've been here since last September. Let me tell you, when it was minus 21 outside, it was minus 21 inside. But our Lord Jesus Christ still allowed me to do 200 podcasts in 200 days, Tammy. Isn't that the greatest thing? That is. And now we're going to go live. Well, we're going to go broadcasting. Hopefully, it'll be on our YouTube channel. And I want to thank you very much for listening. Have yourself the greatest day. Tammy, you want to run this one out? Uh, Just God bless everybody and have a great day. Thank you very much. Have a great day and bye for now.